Green Mountain Chronicles was originally produced for radio by the Vermont Historical Society in the 1980s. We're re-releasing them today as retro podcasts. Please note that any resources the podcast recommends may be out of date. We recommend you check out our website, vermonthistory.org, for the most up-to-date information. Green Mountain Chronicles number 33, The First Vermonters, the Abenakis. If a German lives in a teepee and puts on Indian clothing, does that make that German a Native American? Of course it doesn't. But let me tell you, every year there are hundreds of Germans who do just that. And they look more authentic than a lot of uh, Native American people living in this country. 1976. In the closing days of his administration, Governor Thomas Salmon issues an executive order recognizing Vermont's Abenakis as an Indian tribe. Two months later, as one of the first acts of his administration, Governor Richard Snelling rescinds Salmon's recognition. Since Ira Allen's earliest account of the settling of Vermont by Europeans, most history books had denied the continuing presence of an original people in Vermont, and to survive amid hostile neighbors, the Abenakis learned to hide their Indianness. Now Governor Snelling's rescission of Governor Salmon's recognition offends Vermont's re-emerging Abenaki community and places the Indians in the position of having to prove their identity. To my mind, it is a question of the continuance of tradition and sometimes the outward appearance is very different from what's going on inside. Joseph Bruchak is a poet and storyteller of Abenaki descent. You cannot really say what is going on in, in another person's mind or spirit. But if you watch closely enough over a period of time, you can begin to understand there may be more there than you think. And I feel that's very true of uh, the Abenaki people here in Vermont. You have to watch for a very long time and realize that what they're doing with their hunting and their fishing and their trapping, they're telling their stories about each other and their families, their midwifery, their herbalism, their things that they're still doing are very much part of a continued living tradition. Uncle William trapped and set snares there to catch food and he caught rabbits with a wire snare and also he caught partridges, muskrat, which we ate. Nettie DeForge often spent childhood summers with her Abenaki relatives, her grandfather Simon Abomsawan and her Aunt Marion and Uncle William at a cottage near Lake Champlain on Thompson's Point in Charlotte. They would get up in the morning at sunrise, do their housework that needed to be done, and then take the chairs outside and sit out there with their basket material, splints, gauges, and the sweet grass, and make baskets. My sister and I used to make the small ones, and we learned on, on those mostly. Sometimes in the evening, William Abomsawan would play the flute, and occasionally Nettie's mother, Alvine, and her Aunt Marion would sing Indian songs. And I learned a little bit of the language, a few phrases and sentences, and it's a pretty language, it's a quiet language, like they were, like their personalities were. I never heard them shout, never heard them get angry, especially the children. They seemed to think that children were very special people, and they never scolded us. I guess they... It's just because they expected us to behave and act as we should. That's why, probably why we did. My grandfather never struck me. I was raised largely by my grandparents. I lived with them. And my grandfather was raised that way by his parents. He told me his father never hit him. 
Instead, if he did something that was wrong, his father would take him and sit him down and talk to him and tell him a story. He said, you know, there's times I would have preferred to be hit than to have some of those stories told to me. I think that's really a very big part of any tradition. If it works, it works. Today, Nettie DeForge speaks proudly of her Abenaki ancestry, but it was not always easy to claim her heritage. In school, we didn't really want anyone to know we were Indians because, you know, in school, you just don't want to be different in any way. And that was one of the ways we were different than other people. My grandfather, all his life, would deny to people he was Indian. He would say, I'm French, because it was safer to be French. But his family knew who he was. We knew who we were. And uh, we live in a different time now where it's important for other people to recognize that Native people here in the Northeast are who they say they are. And therefore, recognizing those things that are traditional, which may not be so obvious at first sight, is a part of that. Thanks for listening. This podcast was remastered by me, Amanda Gustin, and released by the Vermont Historical Society. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe to get future episodes and rate and review it. Please also check out our website, vermonthistory.org, where you can find background information on these episodes, as well as other ways you can learn about Vermont history from home. The Vermont Historical Society relies on support from generous donors to preserve and share Vermont's stories. During these uncertain times, your support is needed now more than ever. Please consider donating today at vermonthistory.org slash donate.